When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the PFF NFL Daily today, just reacting to Thursday night football, Sam. That's right, we need instant reactions to Thursday night football. Colts 12, Broncos 9. 12-9, seven field goals. Bronco, the Colts pull it off, down 9-6 to in the fourth quarter. The people are complaining, it's the worst game they've ever seen. It doesn't get much better. Every time the, a team starts moving the ball, there's either an interception or someone gets hurt. It's pretty much the... Uh, the summation of the game. What are your instant reactions to this one? Yeah, ben DiNucci was complaining that it was the worst NFL game that's ever been played. Like, you know how bad a that- game needs to be before Ben DiNucci can legitimately take a crap all over it? That's what we were watching on Thursday night. This game. Yeah, I mean, God, that was that was tough. Look, the Denver's crowd is now setting a series of groundbreaking precedents this season that I've never seen before. A few weeks ago, they had that thing where they were chanting down the play clock so they wouldn't have another delay of game penalty. Um, Russ obviously wanted them to yell run pass. I don't know if they're obliging with that yet. But in this game, when it became clear it was going to overtime, when the Colts were kicking the field goal, the crowd is streaming for the exits. Like, rather than sit through overtime of this game, they were out. They were going. And... Remember, it's mountain time. It's not like it's late night. It's like half nine in Denver. They're not like, you know, get checking out at the end of an Eastern time slog so they can get home before. Like, this is not late at night for Denver, and they are out of there rather than sit through this. I've also never seen the coin toss booed. The actual toss of the coin was booed. I've never seen that before either. Like, And the crowd was right, Sam. They were right to leave. (laughs) They really were. Uh, the Broncos, I don't have the... They were 0 for 4 in the red zone today. Yeah, and they were tonight. one of the worst teams going in, if not the worst, right? They were like- yeah, I mean, like, historically were bad in the red zone. We always talk about... Look, the game was just really poor from an offensive standpoint. Both quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, they struggled. The offensive line for the Colts was a, just an absolute train wreck. Matt Ryan, anytime he was under pressure, looked, I don't know... Kind of old. Yeah. Wasn't able to maneuver the pocket or do anything. But then there were actual tactical decisions that were questionable. The Broncos were up 9-6 to six in the fourth quarter. They have a third down, third and short. And, you know, it's close to like the two-minute mark here where they can kind of run it out, kick a field goal, and, and, and be up in a, what feels like an insurmountable six. <laughs> and Russell Wilson throws an interception to Stephon Gilmore in the end zone. We got Richard Sherman, who's on set at the field, tweeting out flashbacks. Mm. Like, Russ Russ threw a pick when we should have been running, and Sherman's having flashbacks. Then, in overtime, Colts go up three, 12-9. Broncos get two big plays. Screen pass, wide open Jerry Judy on a coverage bust. Get to a fourth and one, and it was fourth and about half a yard, Sam. Fourth and about half a yard. They go for it. 
and it's a straight drop back pass. And we got a low percentage pass. Stephon Gilmore comes up again, pass breakup in the end zone. Couple questionable calls. I, I I'm fine with the go for it on fourth and one. That feels like a lean forward type of play. The Colts were stacking the box. Straight drop back pass, kind of uh low percentage there for the Broncos. So that's your your questionable calls for the day. Yeah. And to be honest, of all the things that were wrong in this game, that's just so far down my list that I can't find the energy in me to talk about them at all. Like, <laughs> I'm trying, I'm you know trying to pull mean? it out of you. It's I just I, no, I can't. I I just can't muster the energy to talk about debatable calls on fourth down when that game just happened like this game featured some of the most absurd interceptions you're ever going to see in your life they kept trying to kind of paint a picture Herb Street in particular on the broadcast was sort of trying to paint the optimistic the bright side of all this and Al kept bringing him down to earth by being like no this is just an abomination of a performance from everybody um but the point that I think Herb Street was trying to make which is legit is that there were some very nice defensive plays along the way. Like Baron Browning in particular looked fantastic before, unfortunately, getting hurt himself and going off. Garrett Bowles was the latest left tackle injury in this game. That, that was unfortunate. The other thing about this game is, in addition to just being bad football, it was attritional. Like there were a lot of injuries in this game. A lot of guys went yeah. down. So Baron Browning had a, a, a great game. Patrick Sertan had a really nice forced fumble. Um, there were two or three very nice pass breakups on both sides of the ball, in addition to the plays that were just chucked right to defenders from both quarterbacks. Um, so, you know, it's very difficult sometimes to sort of evaluate how much is good defense, how much is bad offense. This was both. Like, there was some horrific offense in this game. But there were some very nice individual de defensive plays that shouldn't get lost in the clutter of just how depressing this game was overall. The NFL action's in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you, you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code PFF, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I'm with you, Sam. I don't mind a, a, like a really good defensive game. I don't hate it when you see hard hitting, great pass rush, good coverage on the back end. But there were four interceptions in this game, and all of them were just like ill-advised. Not necessarily under pressure. Matt Ryan forced two passes, threw one right to a linebacker after about three seconds in the pocket. Second one was third and long, just throws it directly to the defense again. Russ getting pressured a little bit. I mean, basically threw a Hail Mary when they were winning. Like winning late in the game, he just threw and had no an receivers arm punt. there. Right, straight to the safety. And then again, credits to Fawn Gilmore for his interception in the end zone against Cortland Sutton. But again, I think Herb Street pointed out. He was late with the throw. I mean, if he threw it a little bit earlier, it might get broken up. But Sutton had a bit of a step, right, on Stephon Gilmore. I think this game was way more bad offense than uh, than good defense. It was. And, uh, but, yeah, Bar Baron Browning was fun to watch. Broncos edge defender. Randy Gregory injury. Browning comes in, makes a ton of plays. Unfortunately, a hand injury, and he had to leave the game. Yeah, really, really stepped up and, and I think should be a big part of this defense, even down, like, once... Gregory is back, assuming it's not a bad injury for Browning. Um, he already had 
that wrist taped up. Like, it was pretty heavily strapped up already. Like, he was when he was grabbing for it after the play, so presumably it was something that was already there and therefore hopefully just re-aggravated as opposed to something new and, and much worse. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed for him. The real winners of this game, though, by the way, are the people, and there were a couple of them, that had a no-touchdown bet, which went 68 minutes and cashed at the end of it all. Can you imagine the investment those people had in this <laughs> sweating game? Sweating that out. For, yeah, sweating it out for an entire game plus eight minutes worth of overtime and no t- including a fourth and one down with a shot into the end zone falls incomplete cash the ticket oh man uh can we discuss so hey give the colts credit they came away with a win they're they're two two and one yeah. uh now behind the two and two jaguars and the two and two titans over in the afc south how hard could it be the broncos and russ i mean Oh man, like, what are we learning here? What are we learning well, about Russell Wilson leaving the uh, the trust tree, leaving the nest in Seattle, and, and not having any success so far in Denver? Yeah, it's it's bad. Um, it's being made. It's made not being helped by the fact that the Broncos have been on primetime TV a lot in the first few games, so everybody is getting an immediate, like, obvious look at how bad these struggles are. Um, the other point that's worth making, and look, this is very, we're five weeks in. We're not even five weeks in. The first game of the fifth week in to this beginning. It is worth pointing out that the current ownership is not the one that hired Nathaniel Hackett. And in fact, anybody in Denver. So, you know, I look, they're also, by the way, the richest owners in the NFL by a country mile. And whereas for some ownerships, the cost of cleaning house and firing a bunch of people and paying them all off would be prohibitive. For the Waltons, it's like change you find in the back of the couch. You know, it's like, who cares? I'm not saying they're even remotely interested in in operating a team in that way. But it is worth noting that they have the potential to not necessarily act the way most normal NFL owners act in terms of knee-jerk reactions, in terms of the cost to doing these kinds of things. So, you know, Nathaniel Hackett's... Seats don't tend to get warm in the first half of the first season in charge, but he's going to be under a lot of pressure. Yeah, I mean, we've highlighted a lot of the decision making, but at the you know the bottom line though is Hackett was also hired to be the offensive guru, the guy that was supposed to get them on track offensively, along with Russell Wilson, and all of it has started very slowly in Denver. It's the best game you've ever seen: Thursday night football, Colts twelve, Broncos nine. Let us know how much did you enjoy. This Thursday night football game. It's the PFF NFL Daily.